0: Again, the Gemara today on Daftes, we're at the top of Daftes, where it says "Udullah um Al Four lines from the top. The Gemara brought up before that there would be a swara to say regarding Yovel that you add ten days to Yovel after the year of Yovel, going into the next year. And the Braissa said, or the Gemara said, a the It said that the reason is just like you find this concept. Of mesipim mechayil al that you add from the weekday to the Kaidish, This is regarding shmita. You find the concept of Mesif Mechayel al kaddish regarding Shabbos, Yantiv, Yom Kippur. You're supposed to add from the weekday to the holy day. So the Gemara brings the source of this concept. Or the al From where do I see this concept that you add from Chayel to kaddish? The Tanya we learned in the There's a pasuk that says b'choris u'b'kotzer Tishpais that you should refrain from plowing and from reaping. So the question is, this Pasuk in the simple Pshat is actually speaking about Shabbos. <speaking <in Hebrew> but the question is, how could this be speaking about Shabbos? On Shabbos, there's the Lama Tesh Malachas, which we learn out from the Mishka, not to do any of the 39 Malachas. So why is the Titus spelling out specifically Chodesh and Kotzeh? So according to, there's going to be two Pshat according to Rabakiveh, even though it's speaking about Shabbos in the beginning of the pasuk, but the end of the pasuk when it says it goes on shmita. So Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Now regarding shmita, it wasn't necessary for the Torah to say not to plow, and not to reap. is from the shmita itself? because in another pasuk it says "satcha and it says So it says already in another pasuk that you're not allowed to do any work in the field on Shemitah. So why is this Pasuk saying again, (laughs) So therefore, Rabbi Kiva says what we learn out from here is, (laughs) It's telling me that already in Erev Shemitah, in the month of Elul, you're not allowed to plow for your field for the purpose of Shemitah. If you're plowing the field in order to prepare it for the next year of Shemitah, so then you're not allowed to do this already on Erev Shemitah and also if you have what grew in Shemitah and it comes out in the end of Shmitta, if a third of this grew in Shemitah, so then if you're reaping it after Shemitah, so it's going to have all the Halachas of Shmitta, the Kedusha of Shmitta. Taisv says, this is talking about Svikim. you're not allowed to plant during Shemitah, by hand go ahead and plant, but we're talking about things that grew on their own, they grew on Shemitah on their own which is what's called Svikim. And then, if it grew a third in Shemitah, so then Matzah Shemitah, when you come to cut it, you have to treat it like Shemitah food. All the halachas of Shemitah apply. So therefore, yeah, from here you see the concept of Moisef Mechayel HaLakadosh before Shemitah and after Shemitah. So that's Rabbi Kiva. So we have the source for this concept of Moisef Mechayel HaLakadosh regarding Shemitah. Rabbi Shmuel, he teaches this Pasuk, that it actually does go on Shabbos. It doesn't go on Shemitah. And he says as follows, Ma When the Torah is saying that you should not plow on Shabbos, so the reason why it spells out specifically plowing is because plowing is something which is Rishos, you're plowing for your own personal needs. There is no plowing for the purpose of a mitzvah, there's no such a thing. So therefore when the Torah speaks about not plowing on Shabbos, it's referring to something which is Rishos. Af rishos. So too when the Possek says, that you're not allowed to reap on Shabbos, it refers to something which is a reshus, which is you're doing it for your own personal sake. Which now, what, what's the Torah saying this for? Yotzah ksir ha shu mitzvah It comes to exclude cutting the Oymer. So if it came out on a Shabbos and you have to cut the Oymer the night before you bring the carbon omer and it's supposed to be cut according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's supposed to be cut the night before. So if it came out on Shabbos, because the purpose of your cutting for the Omer is for a mitzvah, Shehu mitzvah, it's allowed to be done on Shabbos. <coughs> so Rashi explains that the Chiddush of Rabbi Shmuel is, even though you might say that you, you're plowing a field, what's if I'm plowing the field for the purpose of an Omer as well? To, to grow the, the barley that I need for the carbon mohime, so maybe that should be a mitzvah as well. So Rashi says, no, by Harisha you don't say that, because if you have a field that was already plowed in advance, you don't have to plow it especially for planting the, the seeds that you're going to use for the aymer. So therefore that's not a mitzvah. But by the kotzer, Rabbi Shmuel holds that if you found the barley that's needed for the karb moimer already cut in advance, it's not good. You have to specifically cut it for the aymer the night before. So therefore that's a kotzer of the mitzvah and that is allowed to be done on Shabbos. That's what you learn out from this pasik. Rabbi Kiva disagrees to this drasha because Rabbi Kiva holds just like the charisha, does not have to be done specifically for the aymer. The Ketir also does not have to be done specifically for the aymer. If you found it already cut in advance, you can use it for the carbon. So what is, comes out of here? According to Rabakive, we have a source over here from B'chadosh B'chadze Tishbais for the concept of Meisif M'chaila L'Akkadish by Shemitah. But Rabbi we don't have a source for the concept of Meisif M'chaila L'Akkadish. So the Gemara says, According to Rabbi Shmol, from where do we see this concept of being myself from chayel to kaydesh. So the Gemara brings it that we learn it out by Yom Kippur. is a Braysa by Yom Kippur where it says, The pasik says, You should afflict your soul on the ninth day. So I would think that this means you have to fast the whole ninth day. Talmud The Torah says beTisha that you're fasting in the evening. But if the Torah says So I would think that you only begin fasting the night going into the day of Yom Kippur, but not before that. Talmud beTisha. So therefore, the Torah says beTisha that it's already the ninth. You begin to fast on the ninth. So how do you understand this pasik? Oh, kaidzad! What does this mean? You have to start fast a little bit before shkia, when it's still daytime. So it's towards the night. That's why it says Be'erev, but it also says Betisha, because you're starting to fast a little bit before shkia. This teaches me shem misifin al kaidish that you add from khail to kaidish to start fasting before. So here I see that you misif al when the yom kippur comes in. When Yom Kippur goes out, how do you know that you have to add over there as well to the fast? That you're fasting from evening to evening. Which means that you continue fasting until the following evening, which is already at night after Yom Kippur. So So from this pasach I see regarding fasting and Yom Kippur, that you have to add from the beginning and at the end. Shabbos es How do I know that on Shabbos there's also a mitzvah to be Mosef mechayla lakodesh, in the beginning and at the end. Tamod So the Pasuk over there continues and says tishpesu. So that goes even on Shabbos. Yom How do I know that this applies to Yom as well? Tamod shabbatchem. The Pasuk there says tishpesu shabbatchem, which goes even on a Yom Tov. Okay, So what does this mean? Komlokim Any time where the Torah says that you should rest. My Sifin, al You add from Chayel to Kaydash, and that includes also Shemitah, when the Torah tells you to rest from working in the field. <inaudible> means it's extra words. Exactly, because it's extra words, I learned out, it goes on Shabbos and on Yontif. <muchail> not coming back, according to Rabakive, <muchail> What does he learn out from this pasuk of inisem is Because according to Kiva, the idea of being meisiv Mikhail alakaydesh, you learn out from shmita. From shmita, you learn out that you meisiv also on Shabbos and on Yontith and on Yom Kippur. So according to Kiva, you don't need this pasuk to teach me to be meisiv mechayil alakaydesh regarding Yom Kippur. So what does he learn out from this pasuk when it says that you begin fasting on betisha? What is it? You don't fast on tisha. So what is it? Why is the saying that my le? He said, he learned out as follows, that you should afflict your soul on the ninth day. Do you fast on the ninth day of Tishrei? Yeah, you fast on, on Yud. The Pasuk is coming to tell you, a person that eats and drinks on the ninth day. Mailo, Olava the Taita considers it, Ki ilu chi ve'asiri. So then if he eats on the ninth day and then he fasts on the 10th day, the Taita considers it, the eating, to be as if he fasted on both the ninth and the 10th day. That's why the Taita says, Betisha, to be meramis to you, that it's not only a mitzvah to eat, but that the schar for the eating will be as much as you get the schar for fasting. What's harder? To eat or to fast? To fast is much harder. So you, get, you think you get more schar for fasting on the 10th day than the schar you get for eating on the, eighth, on the, on the ninth day. So therefore the Tait is saying that no, for the eating on the ninth day it's considered as if you fasted and you get the same kind of schar like when you fast on the 10th day. Taner coming back now to Yoivul. Doesn't the Gemara doesn't bring? Taner we learned in in Abraise. It says in the Pasik, Yoivul hi, this is Yoivul. So, what do we learn from here? shamtu. Even if they did not let go from the fields. What happens in Yovel? There are three halachas in Yovel. Yo'eval is like a regular Shemitah. You're not allowed to work in the field. Then in addition, Yovel, you have to let go from all the fields that you bought and you have to return it to the original owner. Then there's the halach of sending back the slaves. they sending them free. Those are the three things of Yovel. So, the B'raise says, shamtu. Even if you did not let go of the fields that you bought, and And even if you didn't blow the Shafar, as it says in the Pasak that you blow the Shafar. So even if you didn't do these two things, nevertheless, the Isr of Yeivel, which is like Shmitta, the Inalata work in your field, will take effect automatically, even if you didn't do the other two parts of Yaival of letting your fields go and blowing Shafar but I would think Even if you didn't let the the, the slaves go, that the yovel takes effect and you're not allowed to work in the field. Talmud loymar he. The Tita says yovel he. By adding he, the word he is a miut to say that the iser of working in the field only takes effect if you send the slaves free. If you don't let the slaves go free, then the iser of yovel of working in the field does not take effect. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yis'i says when it says in the Torah Yovel he, Afal pi shamtu. Even if you didn't return the fields that you bought, and Afal pi shalchu. Even if you didn't allow the slaves to go free, the iser of working in your fields on Yevul takes effect. Yochail, and I would think Afal Even if he didn't blow the Shafer, that the iser of Schmidt oh, that's on Yevul takes effect. Talmud Leimar he. That the word he is excluding and saying that it's only if you blew the shayfer. So basically we have here a What is going to hold back the iser of taking effect? Rabbi Yehuda says only if you let the slaves go free. Otherwise it doesn't take effect. And Rabbi Yehissi says only if you blew the shayfer. And they both learn it out from the word he which is an exclusion. They're saying dafke then. So the Gemara will now explain the machleikis of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi. I have over here a lashon in the pasuk which is coming to be marbe. It says yaival. It's extra words. Yovel he It is Yovel. So the word Yovel says that it takes effect, and then umikra echad mamet. And then when the Taira adds the word he, it's coming to exclude and to say that it's contingent upon something. That there's something you have to do in order for it to take effect. So So why, according to Rabbi Yaisi, do I say that that it's going to be Yovel and that it is Yovel even if he didn't send away the slaves? And but the ain't but the will not take effect Elam Toko. Only if you blow shofar. Why do I say it in this way? Maybe say it in the reverse. How do you know what to be Marbeh and what to be Memayyeh? So the Gemara gives two pshatim. One pshat is Lafi it's possible in the world that Yovel should arrive and there are no Avadim to send out free. It's possible that there is no evidivity that exists in the world and there's no one to send free. But it's impossible that Yovel arrives and there is no Shaifer to be found anywhere to blow a Shaifer. There must be a Shaifer somewhere. So therefore, if the Taita is saying a Mi'ot, that the Yaeval, taking effect, is dependent on something, it makes sense to say that it's going to be dependent on something that we know for sure that it exists, which is a Shaifer. Whereas avodim to send out an Eved, Lavdafka, and Eved even exists. So Therefore, you can't say that it's dependent on that. D'aver Acher, another P'Shat, Blowing the shaifer is something that the bezdin does, or the sh- shli'ch of a bezdin, Rashi says, blows the shaifer. Vizu ain't <inaudible> a masur Sending the slaves free is not in the hands of the bezdin, that's in the hands of the master. Every individual that owns an evid has to allow his evad to go free. So, therefore, it makes sense to say that the Taylor is saying that the yovel should take effect is dependent on something which is in the hands of the bezdin. And it's not going to be dependent on something which is in the hands of an individual that might refuse to do it. And because of him, the whole yovel is not going to take effect. So therefore, that doesn't make sense. So the Gemara explains why are we bringing a second shot? If you are going to argue and say, Just like you are saying it is impossible for the world to be without a sheifer somewhere, it is also impossible that when it comes to that there shouldn't be somewhere in the end of the world, a person that has an evet is sent to go free. There has to be an evet somewhere. As we will see soon, the Gemara will say that when it comes to the freeing of the slaves is not only in Eretz Yisrael. The halachas of Yo'evol that apply to the land, that is only in Eretz but Allahah, the halacha of freeing a slave—that's all over in the world. So therefore, it's impossible that somewhere in the world there isn't an avidity that has to be sent free. So therefore, you can't give that reason that there's for sure a Shaifer and but there might not be an avid. No, it's impossible. Somewhere in the world there has to be a avid. Uh, so therefore, we give a different reason, The shoifer is done by the Bezdin, so therefore the Yaeval is, is dependent on that, and sending a evad free is not in the hands of the Bezdin, so we can't say that the whole Yaival is dependent on that. So this explained the way Rabbi Yehissi learns the Pasek. So like comes to Rabbi Yehuda, So we understand according to Rabbi Yaisi, as we just explained, the reason of Rabbi Yaisi. Hello, Rabbi Yehuda, my time, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says the opposite. Rabbi Yehuda says that Yeivel is dependent on sending out the Avodim free. That's when the Yeivel takes effect and it's not dependent on blowing the Shaifer. So why does Rabbi Yehuda say the opposite? So the answer is, because right before this, right before it says yeivel he, it says in the Pasuk, Ukrosem droer baaretz, that you should call freedom in the land. Ukisavar, and therefore Rabbi Yehuda holds, Mikra nidrash the miyot of he, that's saying that in order for you to able to take effect, it's dependent on something happening. We darshan that to go on what the pasik said right before, when it says that you should allow the slaves to go free. Veloi lift nefanov. And it does not go on blowing the shafer, which is written in the previous pasik, before it said that you allow the slaves to go free. Not, so not, not right before, but lift nefanov. We're not going to connect this miyot to what it says tupsukim before. So therefore, the Rabbi Yudu says that we connected to the Pasuk right before. Adagimata <laughs> adds and explains this concept here of Droir. and Droir Barats. It means that you allow the, fl- the slaves to go free. The Kula Alma, everybody agrees, Droir Lashen chayrus. The word Droir means freedom. You should call freedom in the land. My Mashma, what's the meaning of the word Droir, that it means freedom? The Tanya will Droir The word Droir means freedom. Why? Um, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, what does the word drayr mean? Dreir means a person that lives in whichever place he wants. So one day he lives here, another place, day he lives somewhere else. person that goes around and he lives in different places. And he brings his merchandise from one place to another and he's like a merchant that goes from one place to another. In other words, this is an individual that's free. He could live wherever he wants. One day he lives here. One day he lives there. He goes around. We just brought the brayser and we had the two opinions of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi, whether Schmidt or the Yovel it is, whether Yovel is dependent on blowing shayfer, or for the Yovel to take effect, whether it's dependent on the fact that you're freeing the slaves. Chacham's opinion is shloshtan is. That you have to have everything is ma'akev over here. Which means not only you have to have blowing shaifer, you have to free the slaves, and you have to return the fields that you bought to the seller. Only when those three things are done, then the iser of working in the field of yoevel takes effect. All three. Kasavri, so the Chachamimold mikra nidrash lefanov, when it says yoevel he. so we dash in this, that it goes in what it says right before, that you have to free the slaves. lift nefanov, and it also goes on two tu, psukim and before, where it says that you have to blow the shofar. Ula akhrov. And we also connect it to what it says afterwards in the Pasik, where it says that you have to return the fields. So it, it goes on all three things and only then does it take effect. Frak the but yovel. Before Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbiasi both said that when the tailor writes the word yovel, that's a ribuy. That's coming to say that the yovel takes effect even if you don't have all the conditions. So according to the Rabbanon, what are we being Marbe from the extra word yovel? So the Gemara answers, the Tait is coming to tell you that this chiov, to free your slaves, is not only in Eretz Yisrael. Freeing the slaves is all over, even in Eretz Yisrael. It says there in the Pasik that yovel is only in Eretz Yisrael. And for the Gemara, what it's saying is that in the time when you have to free the slaves in Eretz Yisrael, then you have yovel and chutz There's man she'eni when there's no yovel in Eretz Yisrael, For example, now when there's no yovel and Eretz Yisrael, why is there no yovel in Eretz Yisrael? Because one of the conditions for yovel and Eretz Yisrael is you have to have kol yishevah All of klal Yisrael has to be in Eretz Yisrael together. So from the time there's a machlokes about this, so according to some Rishayim or most Rishayim, from the time when the ten Shvatim were expelled from Eretz Yisrael, during the first place of Mikdash, there was no meyovel anymore because uh, you don't have kol yishevah Rabbeinu Tam actually holds that even in the second base of Mikdash they had Yovel because Kal Yeshvei Allah doesn't literally mean that you have to have all the Klal Yisrael there you have to have from all Shvatim, you have to have Yidin from all Shvatim there and even in the time of the second base of Mikdash there were Yidin from all Shvatim there so therefore Rabbeinu Tam holds that there was Yovel in the time of the second base of Mikdash but most Hashainim disagree and why did it stop this? according to Rabbeinu Tam after the Chobm of the second base of Mikdash so only when there's Yovel in Eretz Yisrael then there's Yo'eval no Chutz but if there's no Yo'eval in Eretz Yisrael, then he noegh be Chutz Laaretz. But again, as I said, this is only referring, when we're saying that there's Yo'eval no Chutz this is only talking about freeing the slaves, it's not talking about not working in the land. That, that there's no Yo'eval no Chutz <coughs> Laaretz. I think the person in southern Eretz Yisrael knows what's going on in Eretz Israel to do Yo'eval. Yeah, okay, to know if they freed, and to know if... Yeah, WhatsApp Yeah, okay, WhatsApp, okay. But what's sort of does it depend? Kum Jebel, Kum Jebel, that's, not, that, that's the he. he's shab- shab- not- so yivel is different. Yaivil he, it's totally, if you fulfil these three things of, of sending out the slaves and blowing and and, and and returning the lands, then the yeuwl takes effect. Schmitteh Schmitte is like Shabbos. Shmitta is automatically comes the seventh year, you're not allowed to work in the field. Yovel is different though. Yovel only if you fulfill the other three things that the Torah says about Yovel, then the Isra of planting in, in the field and working in the field takes effect. That's, that's what it's saying here. So, the mitzvah, is not you don't have to keep it then. Well, the Torah is saying that you have to free your slaves, and you have to give back the fields, and you have to blow shofar. When you do that part of the mitzvah, then the other part, the Isra of Yovel, takes effect. Said <sighs> so next thing in the Mishnah, V'linetiyah, when it comes to a new tree, and it's the Halacha of law, so three years. So from what point do you count three years? So it said in the Mishnah, even if you let's say planted your tree in off time, when it comes to the Rosh Hashanah, Tishrei, it starts a new year. It's already the second year. Minallah, how do I know that the Rosh Hashanah of Tishrei starts the new year? The Pasik says, Shal Hashanah Three years, the tree is closed off, you can't have na from it. So it says, Shanim, three years. What's the years? And then it says in the fourth year, that you can take it, you can have nor from it, and you take it to Yerushalayim. So v'yalef, shana shona mitishrei. It says here, b'shona, and so I learned out the word shana here from the shana that it says by tishrei, l'xiv meireishis hashana. So just like they are speaking about tishrei here as well, the year starts from tishrei. Why don't I learn out Shana here from the word Shana that it says regarding Nisn. There it also says Shana. So we had already this before, the Gemara says the same answer. I compare the word Shana that it says here by by, uh, Arla. Where it does not say the word chadashim with it. From the word shana that it says by Tishrei when it does not say chadashim with it. And I don't learn not shana that it says by Arla from the word shana that it says by Nissen where it says chadashim with it.